0: Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. I think that's fifty years old this this year. How many of you had seen that before? Anyone seen that before? You know, the, the thought struck me a while back, and I can't prove this, but that was likely the first place I ever heard the Christmas story. That was likely the first place that I ever heard those words. I didn't grow up coming to church. didn't grow up in Sunday school and Christmas programs. and But every year, we had to watch Charlie Brown Christmas. And every year, I... I saw that and I heard those words and I remember thinking as a child, those words are important. I don't know why, but they are, they are definitely important. I think that was the first time I encountered the, the Christmas story. There are a lot of people like that in our lives, I think. People who, one way or another, they get Jesus second hand. They, uh, they don't encounter Jesus in a sermon. They don't, enc- they don't know what they're missing though, Right? They don't encounter Jesus in a sermon. They don't encounter Jesus from the Scriptures. They encounter Jesus because they know you. They know someone who knows Jesus. And so they they know someone in their life who is a believer who loves Him and loves them as well. And so for you and me, that is an awesome responsibility that we realize that we have that one way or another, we convey Jesus through our Through our attitudes, (laughs) through our actions, through the way that we care for other people, we are introducing them to Jesus. We're going to look tonight at that section of Scripture that Linus read for us. It's in Luke chapter two, verses eight through fourteen. If you want to follow along, we have those Bibles in the pews in front of you. It's page eight hundred and seventy, excuse me, eight hundred and fifty-seven. Over the course of the last month here at Kansas, what we've been doing, we, we've called it unpacking Christmas. You know, when it comes time to unpack everything, you do it carefully, you do it gently, and you're very cautious about what's wrapped up in those boxes. And so rather than dive into the Christmas story at the beginning of, Jan- or the beginning of December, we have gently and carefully unwrapped it. And so tonight we come to the heart of the story. What the angels told the shepherds that night. You know, angels. Angels are messengers. The name angel, the word angel, it doesn't mean person with wings and a halo. Uh, angel means messenger. And so, in that regard, when we share the message of Jesus with someone else, we're kind of like angels for people. We are doing their job. We are carrying the message of Christ when we share the good news. So, what message do we do we convey? What do they see through us? What do they hear? Through us that points them to Jesus. I hope they see the message in us that the angels declared that night, beginning with those words that the angel spoke fear not. Uh, just imagine you're a shepherd in the first century and you're spending the night there with your sheep and your other shepherds and you're out on the hillside outside of town and you've counted the sheep and you're hoping that you can finally get some sleep and. And suddenly the sky opens up, and here are these beings, these creatures standing over you. You are obviously going to be in shock. You are going to be afraid. And yet, the very first word out of their mouths is fear not. Do you realize that is the most common command in the Bible? Fear not more common than all of the thou shalt nots that you know, more common than all of the here's what you should do's that you think you're supposed to do, everything else that you think God expects out of you, everything that you think He wants you to do and doesn't want you to do, above all else, God wants you to fear not. He wants you to not be afraid. Over 80 times in the Bible those words are spoken, over 80 times they are commanded, we should not be afraid. Do you think we could get the point? I hope we do. Even more, I hope our friends that, that pick up Jesus secondhand from us, I hope they get the point. That our faith, our faith is not about fear. We're not cowering from God. We're not afraid of God. We, we don't love Him because we're afraid of what He might do to us if we stop loving Him. And at the heart of the Christmas story, at the heart of the story of Jesus is that call And that understanding that we don't need to be afraid anymore. God loves us and God has given us His very best. I hope people see that in our lives as they catch the story of Jesus, as they understand who He is. I also hope they see in our lives that our faith brings us great joy. And and that's what I love about the announcement of the angels. The announcement of the angels is for all people. They say in verse 10, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. There's something about the joy of our faith that should be universal. There's something about the joy of our faith that should be infectious. (laughs) It should be something that people catch from us, that we should catch it from each other, that those outside the church should catch it from us something in the way that we live and something in the way that we respond to the struggles that we face, the difficult times that we face, people should see joy in who we are. In Romans chapter 15, verse 13, Paul writes to the Romans and he says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. And one of the problems that we have when it comes to trying to understand joy is we think that joy is happiness. We tend to equate joy with happiness and think that they're the same things. They're not the same thing. Happiness is dependent upon circumstances. If everything goes right, I'm happy. But if something goes wrong, if my plans get messed up, if something gets in the way, I'm not happy. It's easy to to lose our happy. Happiness can change. If I don't get enough sleep, if I don't get fed on time in our house, if Connor doesn't get fed on time, none of us are going to be happy. That's just the way it works. Happiness is fleeting. Happiness comes and goes. Happiness is based on circumstances. But that's not what joy is. Joy comes even when happiness isn't there. Joy comes even in the midst of troubles. Even in the midst of sickness, we can have joy. In, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 10, Paul refers to himself and refers to to Christians as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. Sorrowful yet always rejoicing. How is that possible? It's possible because joy is not the absence of trouble. Joy is the presence of God. You ever got that? Joy is not the absence of trouble. Joy is the presence of God. It's the realization that you are not alone that God hasn't abandoned you, and that when you hurt, He hurts with you. When you struggle, He is there, and He will never stop loving you. And that's with that understanding of joy, we're able also to experience the peace of God. Those of you who are here Sunday after Sunday, you hear me talk a lot about peace. It seems to be... One of my things that I go back to a lot. I think peace is very important. It's important because it's a promise from God and it's a sign of our faith. Way back in Isaiah, way back 600 years before Jesus was born, His birth was predicted by a prophet in Israel named, named Isaiah. And Isaiah predicted Jesus and referred to Him as the Prince of Peace. And so where Jesus is and where Jesus reigns, where, where He is supreme as Prince, there will be peace. And so that's, that's the sign that, that, he is, that He is reigning, that He is in charge. So those situations where you feel no peace, the question that you have to ask yourself is, is Jesus really in charge of this? If I'm not feeling peace in this relationship, is Jesus in charge of this relationship? If I'm not feeling peace with this job I'm doing, is Jesus in charge of this? If I'm not feeling peace with the spending that I'm doing, is Jesus in charge of that spending? If I'm not experiencing peace from this addiction that i have then is jesus in charge of that is he ruling in that is jesus truly ruling in the midst of all of those things it's important to notice here in the christmas story not everybody is promised peace you know we often hear in, in the way linus recited it in the in the cartoon peace on earth goodwill toward men that's not quite what it says. If you look the the actual translation and the actual quote in verse 14, says, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom He is pleased. And so the question becomes, how do I know God's pleased with me? How do I know that God is truly please with me. Well, it's because you've given your life to Him. Because you've accepted His offer of love. You've accepted His offer of a Savior. You've accepted His Son. You've named Jesus Christ as your Savior and your Lord. And in doing so, you have allowed the Prince of Peace to reign in your life. You've accepted His peace. About 33 years after the birth, after what we're celebrating tonight, 33 years later, Jesus met with His friends around a table in, in an upper room. And they broke bread. They drank wine. And the next day, He would be killed. He would be hung on the cross. But that night when they met together, what was, what was it that He promised them? He said in John chapter 14, verse 27, He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Peace, not as the world gives, not through a peace treaty that nations can break or nations can try to alter or find a way around. No treaty to break, no agreement to cancel, but peace that he purchased with his own blood to be born and to die and to give his lives to us, for us. The angel said, "Fear not." First thing the angel said, "Fear not." It took about 50 years since that cartoon came out, but someone finally noticed that uh, when Linus says those words, "Fear not," he drops his blanket. Could show us that one. You know, Linus the security blanket, right? Everybody remembers the security blanket. That's what kept him from being anxious. He always had to have that with him, and you know, Linus was always clutching that blanket. I had a security blanket. How many of you? Anyone else have a security blanket? Anybody? Some of you have security trucks, probably. I don't know. You know, you've, you've got those things. I don't know what you've got. Anyway. <laughs> You know, we've got those security blankets. We've got those things that we hold on to for, for safety and security, and, and we feel calm and we feel at peace because we have that security blanket. But when Linus says those words, fear not, he drops his blanket. Someone finally noticed it this year after all of these years. Now, I don't know if that was done on purpose, but knowing the faith that Charles Schultz had, I suspect it was done on purpose. I suspect it was a subtle message for us to consider what are you holding on to? What are you trying to build your own peace out of? What are you holding on to for your own sense of joy, for your own sense of fear not? Some people hold on to all kinds of things for security. Some people hold on to their possessions. Some people hold on to their wealth. Some people hold on to their 401Ks. Some people hold on to those things that they've accumulated thinking that those are going to give them peace, that those are going to keep them safe from all the things that they fear. Some people hold on to grudges. Some people hold on to those hurts that other people have inflicted on them because they think if I hold on to this, if I keep this close, then you can't hurt me again. And so I'll be safe if I hold on to this. But fear not means dropping all of those things as we put our trust in one. In one man to ward off our fears. Dropping them not at the feet of the baby in the manger, but dropping them at the foot of the cross and taking up the only One who can call us to fear not. The only One who can promise us joy and peace. And that's why tonight we don't We don't end the service at a Christmas tree. (laughs) We don't end the service at a manger. We end the service at the table. And we remember that without the gift of the cross, Christmas is hollow. Christmas is empty. But within it, we find the answer to our fears. We find the answer to our lack of joy and our lack of peace. Linus is the first person who ever told me about Jesus. Linus is the first person that ever told me the Christmas story. Because I wasn't brought up in church. But tonight, my entire family is here. And that means an awful lot. I don't know who's going to be with you this year, next year, years to come. But as you share Christ, as you share the story, and and as you share your fear nots, and as you share your joy... And as you share your peace, you help people drop the things that they've been holding on to. You help them come to see the Lord and Savior and the Friend, the Prince of Peace, that took away all of those fears. Let's pray.